0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Breakouts, a podcast where we interview extraordinary founders that are on the rise and then package the insights from their interviews into short 20-minute episodes. I'm your host, Akshay Kosla. Now season one of the breakouts is focused on emerging verticals, areas that we think are underexplored, but have the ability to be huge over the next few years. Areas like Web3, Health Tech, FinTech, AIML, Prop Tech, and so much more. As some of you may know, we're a fairly new podcast. So some of these episodes might be a little rough around the edges, but they'll still feature amazing entrepreneurs for you to learn from, and they'll still be packed with actionable insights that you can take away to build your business. Now, just before I introduce today's guest, go ahead and show us some love by following us on Twitter at The Breakouts Pod and subscribing to this YouTube channel. We're really trying to make the best podcast out there for aspiring entrepreneurs, a podcast that we wish we would have had when we were building our first company. But in order to get there, we're gonna have to be iterative and improve on this podcast, just like you would iterate on a product that you're launching. And the number one thing we need for iteration is your feedback. So any advice, tips, constructive criticism, whatever you have, Give it to us we're all ears the number one place to do that is going to be our discord community which you can find the link to in the description below and i think that's everything so without further ado here's today's guest all right ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the breakouts today we have not one but two phenomenal guests for you who recently raised an $8 million seed round at the intersection of crypto and DeFi. We have Eric Parker and Ethan Parker, who are two brothers
1: that co-founded Giddy. Folks, how are you doing today? Doing great, thank you so much for having us. So you got Eric over here and Ethan. Ethan over here, yeah, thank you.
0: Awesome, Eric and Ethan, we're gonna have two episodes together. This first episode is all about the story behind your startup how it works, and how you guys think about winning the industry. Episode two is going to be more about strategies, tactics, and hacks that you've used to build your business. Now, in this first episode, just as we get started, in a few sentences, could you describe for our listeners what your startup does
1: and what problem you guys are trying to solve? Absolutely. I think there's a couple layers that you can dig into. The highest layer, we want to bring the power of DeFi and of blockchain technology to everybody it's pretty difficult to do right now for a lot of reasons so we set out to solve private key technology to solve fiat rails to make it easy to go in and out of your bank and to solve DeFi staking we're packing packaging that all up into a native mobile app so it's a beautiful user experience that's safe easy cheap and most of all is accessible for everybody not just you know dgens and super nerds but we want everyone to access it That's awesome. And what's your personal background? Where were you two before the startup
2: and what led you to this journey? Yeah, so I'll just do a quick intro and then I'll pass it off. So my name is Ethan Parker and I started off in product design and then I ended up getting a degree in accounting actually, never with the intention to become accountant, but always just to help me be a better entrepreneur. And I was able to start a business in college and, and run that for a little while. I sold these little daily planners to college bookstores. We got into over a hundred universities and that was really fun. And then I sort of like digitized that small pocket-sized planner into an app. And I was kind of like, I was sort of forced to learn a lot about iOS development and mobile apps from there. I was able to sell the physical goods part of that company and then worked for Outlet for a while as a, one of their first mobile apps developers. And then a couple other mobile apps jobs and then i was able to uh, make an app for monday.com and sell that on micro acquire really fun experience and then i was able to build like a ethereum miner with a bunch of gpus and stuff i was into crypto a little bit before that but that was kind of like the biggest you know fun foray and then that kind of led us to where we are today which getting into DeFi. eric and i launched a couple of you know shit coins a while ago just for fun on the binance smart chain in the early early days And, and, and yeah, so that's kind of my, my path.
1: Yeah. So, and if it wasn't said already, Ethan and I are, are brothers. So there's, there's some resembling, you know, similarities for a reason. So, uh, yeah, a little, little bit less known thing about me. I actually started college with an orchestra scholarship. I was playing the upright bass and uh, I realized pretty quickly, it's hard to do that and engineering classes. So my, my background is in computer science. I've spent my career as an iOS developer for a lot of startups in Utah. Most recently I worked for Walmart. I was helping to rebuild their e-commerce app. I was there at the, the PS5 craze. It was really fun to watch our volume just spike like highest in history for, for day volume. And I've been in a crypto for a long time. And uh, like Ethan said, got into DeFi around 2019, 2020. Loved programming for the blockchain, loved helping other people out with it. And uh, yeah, so, so we're in a very fortunate position where we're, we're living the dream. We're building this, building this app, building this wallet, using our skills and our, our network of, of other you know, technical co-founders to get it going. Well,
2: and then how we kind of got started is Eric and I made this, this acquaintance on two completely separate paths in the same month, oddly enough, early 2021, me on a snowmobiling trip and Eric through a forum where crypto heads were trying to help each other out. And he noticed that Eric was answering everybody's
1: questions and he ha- seemed to have it right. So he reached out. You know what it was? We, we were talking about impermanent loss and I was just like geeking oh. out about the impermanent <laughs> loss. And he was just like, you might know what you're talking about. I, I kind of need some help, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And it turns out this investor, he's kind of a well-known angel investor in Utah. And he got some money stuck in DeFi. These migrations happened. And so it, was, it wasn't earning any more yield and he couldn't get it out. And he's like, is my money gone? Like, what do I do?
1: Yeah, so I helped him out with that. And the
2: rest is history. So we, hit, we ended up taking our first uh, money into Giddy in actual like cake token on the Binance Smart Chain. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a, a, a USD check. It was crypto.
0: Very, very cool. I'm curious, how did that
1: eventually lead to starting what you're building today? Really good question, because at the time, so this angel investor that we, that we met, a lot of people in Utah know him. His name is Scott Paul. There were a lot of friends around his orbit that knew he was in a DeFi. They knew he was making some money. They really wanted to get in, but it's just too difficult. It's, It's so risky. It's so time consuming. This actually started as kind of a mechanical Turk business. We, we got on zoom calls with people and like taught them how to click buttons in MetaMask and move money around in DeFi. And every single time these people would say, look, this is great. I love, you know, earning a yield, but it's way too hard. Can you just run our money for us, please? And we looked into it and the answer is yes, kind of don't take money or else you're going to get sued, but you can, you can set up most people to solve that problem. They're either setting up a custodial model or like a hedge fund model. You can get a a reg D exempt hedge fund and and bring in accredited investors. And that's something that we kind of played around with, but ultimately it didn't solve the the core, the heart and soul of the problem, which is really bringing access to DeFi. So in as much as we enjoyed coaching people and we had a good time and some success doing that, eventually it kind of clicked. Like we're good at software. Why don't we just make an app? (laughs) This is a really good model for a startup. So it was a little bit of a winding path getting to this point, but where it got its start is just helping people get through the rigor and the risk and the headache and heartache of DeFi. That's awesome. Could
0: you walk us through a user's journey from the time they hear about your product to
2: value realization? Yeah, I love it. That's such a good question. I'll, I'll answer the, 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 the opposite of that first really quickly. And I'll pass it over to you. Imagine yeah. what, what if you said to yourself, well, I've heard of De- I heard DeFi is cool. I want to try it out. So you're going to eventually stumble upon MetaMask. You're going to, it's going to hit you with a seed phrase. You're going to be like, oh, what's this? I'll just email it to myself. <laughs> sure, it to my <laughs> yeah. Don't write, do that guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that advice. I'll write it on a sticky note, put it on my computer. And then you're going to jump in and be like, oh, I need gas. Okay, I'll, I'll on-ramp some money and lose like 4% of what I'm doing there. And then I'll run out of gas and have to do it again and get in this protocol I, I just heard of and lose all my money. So that's that's the typical DeFi path. You lose between 30 to
1: 100% of your money just on-ramping, right? Yeah, there's this 14-step process to get in and a 14-step process to get out. And the scary thing is, is if you are not careful, you can delete your money any step of the way. It can just be gone. and so all of these things, every single one of them is what we had to solve for with Giddy. So at a high, at the high level, when someone discovers our app, you can download it from the app store. You sign in with Google or Facebook or email password. You swipe your credit card to buy a little bit of crypto. And then you tap one button and you're in. We really needed to get this whole process down to as easy, if not easier, than all of the other fintech apps that are out there that are familiar. So. There's a lot that goes into those three steps. Our wallet is a non-custodial or self-custodied wallet, which means that our users own and control their private keys. Those private keys are being protected by well-known, well-studied public open-source cryptography. It's off-chain. So if you're familiar with, with contract wallets, this is an off-chain multi-sig wallet. So, so the technology fundamentally is sound and we've, we've done a lot of work to create technology that is easy to use, but we're using all of the best up-to-date standards for, you know, private key tech. And then on the the, the fiat side, there's a couple of fiat on-ramps that we have integrated. So like Coinbase Pay, we're working on ramp, working on some other ones. And then we've also partnered with Circle to build our own native fiat rails so that in the app, you don't have to leave anywhere. You can do, you can purchase crypto and also sell it and get it back to your bank account. And then the last part, like I mentioned, is this this notion of one tap staking, we, we developed an EIP, which is a, 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 a interface or a standard or format for a token that allows us to send a token to our smart contracts. It'll approve the transaction for the correct amount. It'll expire the approval, which is really important. If you know DeFi, there's a bunch of infinite approvals out there that are just kind of a problem. It'll also facilitate gas payments. So our users don't have to own the native gas token in order to pay for the transaction. We can do that apparently. So this whole experience really from, from downloading the app to realizing it's pretty quick, it's pretty quick, especially if you already own crypto, you can send yourself crypto on the Polygon network, get it staked, good to go.
0: Really interesting. So the first part of the process, I think our listeners will understand. It's kind of like when you go to Coinbase, it's a lot easier to sign up because they take care of managing your secret and et cetera, as compared to MetaMask. So that process makes sense. The onboarding is much easier. Then let's say users are on the app. Why do they choose Giddy? Is that because of the one-click staking? Absolutely.
1: So it, it's important. It's, it's interesting, rather, to note that we, we do support decentralized exchanges. So where Coinbase is kind of a centralized exchange, we support decentralized exchanges, which means that in some cases you can buy crypto for cheaper transaction fees, and you might have access to more crypto that's directly on the blockchain. So that's part of it. You can definitely buy and hold your crypto in the Giddy wallet. But the more interesting thing that probably most people don't have access to that they would like to get access to is earning yield on the blockchain. So if, uh, for example, if you just own the Ethereum token because you like it, there's a lot of good reasons to like it. You can also earn some yield on the Ethereum token. You can go earn, you know, four, six, 11% by staking it and in, in their, their newly rolled out proof of stake, you know, validation algorithm. Not only that token, but a lot of other crypto tokens, you can stake it into a DeFi protocol. In other words, you can lend it Add liquidity, there's a couple different actual strategies, but the big selling point, I I think what's going to be really interesting as we onboard new users is you can own crypto and earn yield on it. You can, you can put it to work.
2: Yeah. So certainly earning yield, especially while prices are down, it's just like earning a dividend on a stock, but you know, a lot of people have heard the phrase, not my keys, not my crypto, but they don't, I feel like people haven't really understood why that's important. Until now, when, when custodial apps like Celsius and these other ones are kind of in hot water for doing things with your money that you didn't know they were doing. And so because Giddy is non-custodial, you do have access to your private key if you really want it. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, you get, you get all the advantage of, non, of a non-custodial DeFi experience without
1: the horrendous, uh, what do I do with my private key problem? And just as important as you having your private key, we don't. We don't make any investing, any purchasing decisions for you. We don't run your money for you. This is just software to get you access to the blockchain in a safe and cheap and secure way. Yeah, I think of like Coinbase
2: is AOL, we are Netscape. If you wanna go back to the 90s. Ah, interesting. Okay, I think
0: that makes sense. I'm curious about the staking part of this. It seems like once you're onboarded to the app, that's a major sell of the app that, hey, staking here is much easier than it is other places. For our non-crypto native listeners who don't understand why you would want to stake money and how exactly this yield earning process happens, could you walk us through that a little bit? Like, let's say I stake some money. What happens next?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you earn stuff. <laughs> you earn, <laughs> you earn interest. Yep. So the, the, the word staking, it's come to mean a handful of different things. In the world of DeFi, decentralized finance, there's analogies to traditional finance. There's a lot of different financial services that provide a service, something of quality to users and take a fee for that. In DeFi, what you're able to do is provide liquidity to these different protocols, to these financial services on the blockchain. You can allow them to use your money and in exchange for that, you get part of their revenue. You, you, you get to take some of the fees that they charge their customers. So in the real world, as an example, if you think about like a foreign exchange, let's talk about USD to the euro. There needs to be a big pile of money, liquidity, in order to facilitate trades between those two currencies. If you've traveled, you're very familiar that in order to go to the UK and buy a euro, it's gonna cost you some money. And that is that, that, that money that they charge is the, the fee that they take for providing the service, of providing this exchange. Think about where the liquidity for that exchange comes from. It is a lot of money. And it has to be a lot of money because these trades are, are huge and able to it, uh, in order to provide liquidity to those exchanges, you pretty much have to be either a government entity or a massive global private bank. Most regular people don't have access to the to the gains that that foreign exchange market provides. And there are some ways to get access, obviously, but the, the core function, you really have to be a huge player, if not a government to provide liquidity to that. So in DeFi land. You can provide liquidity to an exchange with five bucks. There's this notion the enough. As long as it's not too crazy
2: of a phrase, you could say we're democratizing liquidity providing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, ah. That's kind of intense, but that's what we're doing. Very cool. I'm curious when it comes to
0: liquidity providing, one common concept is this notion of impermanent loss. Could you guys talk to us a little bit more about what impermanent loss is and how
2: you think liquidity providers should think about that risk? Yeah. I think I'll, I'll, it's okay. I'll start with what it's not. So what it's not, here if here. like, let's say you, you buy, you're on the uh, Polygon network, you buy some Matic, you single stake Matic somewhere. The Matic goes up, Matic goes down. The interest rate you earn is going to be variable. The the price of the token is going to be variable and that's going to go up and down. There's no such thing as a permanent loss when you have a single
1: token, single state. It's just, it's not, it's not a part of it. Yep. And permanent loss comes into play when you provide liquidity to an exchange and. I think the first thing I'll say about it is it's not as big of a deal as most people think. Let's start with that. So impermanent loss means that while your money is in a liquidity pool, it is split up into at, at minimum two different assets. Sometimes it's more. But at, at minimum, it's split up into two different assets. The price, the 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 number of assets in the in the liquidity pool changes. So the 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 number of assets that you're entitled to pull back out actually also changes with the amount of liquidity that's in that pool. So essentially, what it what it means for liquidity providers is that over the period of time that you have provided liquidity, there could difference in the value of the assets owned. So let's say you just own some Bitcoin, and over a year it goes up ten percent, versus let's say you put you added liquidity to an exchange with Bitcoin over a year, you might only have gained 8% instead of the 10%, but, but it doesn't come with only downside. There actually is a little bit of risk mitigation in a liquidity pool. You, you don't capture as much as the upside and you also are as badly affected by all of the downside because you have this other side of the liquidity pool to balance it out. So we, there's a lot to know about it. And there's, there's math. If you, if you Google, calculate impermanent loss is a pretty simple formula and it's built into these automated market makers which are like the core the bedrock foundation of decentralized exchanges so what i would say ultimately is that it's not as big of a deal as you think because for for a high volume pool you're actually going to earn a fair amount of yield and it's it's not only downside there is there's a little bit of risk mitigation that comes into impermanent loss as well if you're a liquidity provider you want
0: whatever token is at play to essentially stay constant in price, but have a lot of volume. Whereas if you are purchasing a token as a token holder, you don't care as much about the volume directly, you more care about the token appreciating.
1: Uh, are those two statements correct? Or I, I love the first one because it's something we focus on. A lot of the pools that we're gonna be adding are stablecoin pools. So what it means is that you get to hold a stable coin, it's, it's pegged to $1, and earn yield on it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And then the second part, if you are more interested in having exposure to the price action of a single asset, it makes a lot more sense to hold that single asset. That being said, if you have a couple of favorite assets, let's say you really like Wrapped Ethereum and MATIC, you can add liquidity to those pools. You can get the upside of the yield and you still get exposure to the price action of both tokens, even though it might not be quite as much. So there, it's, it is a pretty sophisticated strategy especially when mm. you have to build it yourself. But that's one of the things that we're trying to take care of at Giddy is give you access to, to providing liquidity and just make all the maths and all, the, all this stuff just really easy. We'll tell you exactly what your yield is. Um, staking stable coins, especially, is just such a fantastic strategy because it's really low, relatively speaking, it's much lower risk, but you still get pretty good yield. That makes sense.
0: How do you guys make money then? What's your business model?
1: Yeah, really good question. Transactions. So we are not, running your money for you. We're not a hedge fund. We're not a broker. We're not an RIA. The custodial model, which we've seen play out with BlockFi, Gemini, Celsius, some of these other ones, they basically take your money. They will invest that on your behalf. They'll do their best to get as many, as much yield as they can, and then give you back some promise amount of return four or six, 8%, whatever it is. So we don't take money and invest it on your behalf. We give you the, the rails to invest and then just make money on each on transactions. So for example, for a fiat transaction, you might be familiar with these on-ramps or off-ramps. They, they charge some money for the use of the service. We have that built in. On the staking side, there's, there's some fees for getting staked in. They're very, very, very minimal. There's some fees for keeping your, keeping your money staked, letting it grow. But the important thing is the, the way that we backed into our fee structure is looking at do-it-yourself DeFi. For every dollar in, how much of that do you get to keep? We wanted to make sure that we were not more expensive than that. In fact, we're, we're beating that by quite a bit because we get to set the fees on every single touch point. So overall, it's a better, it's a better experience. And, 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 you know, financially you get to keep more, you know, more of your dollars from bank to state with Giddy. Yeah. What's awesome
2: about that is that if you were to do, do it yourself, DeFi or DeFi the hard way, as we like to say, sometimes you're using a lot of disparate systems and each one has only that one revenue source. And so you're like, hey, Moonpay, can I on ramp some money? They're like, sure, how about 8% for instant ACH? You're like, is that kind of a lot? <laughs> and then you go to like Auto Farm, you're like, hey, can I use your yield aggregator contracts? You're like, sure, no percent. We charge, no, no problem. We charge 8% on our yield, on our yield aggregation. And they're like, huh, that sounds kind of hot. So by the time you're done, you've paid 5, 10, 15, 20% of your money to all these different parties where Giddy is fully vertically integrated. And so we've taken those six, basically six revenue sources of all these different things to get in and out of DeFi and we dialed them all back to make the whole experience cheaper. So Giddy has st- strong revenue. So we, we will be alive and continue to be a great company, but we're charging the user a smaller portion on ev- at every step
1: of the way. And by the way, those specific companies, Tay, Auto, Auto Farm, the, the, those fees vary, but the highest are, it can get pretty high. So some of those- Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. some of the, some of the services are definitely that high. Some of them aren't, but when Mm -hmm. you look at, look at the industry on average, we're, we're beating all of these fees by a decent amount. Very cool. Would you say that you guys have essentially vertically
0: integrated this all so that the fees that you charge to the consumer are less,
1: but at the same time, you still make a sizable amount. Yep, exactly. And, and for, in exchange for that, we aim to provide just the absolute best, fastest, safest experience to getting, getting your money from your bank account invested in DeFi.
2: Yeah. And, and as we go, we'll, we'll optimize for user experience. We want people to be happy really enjoy it. Get giddy, if you will, on our platform. And so some of these fees, which, whichever they may be, you know, could go very, very low or even to zero if we choose to maximize for the user experience.
0: That's really interesting. Let's talk about how you think about winning the industry. Currently, it seems like there's a lot of people diving into this space with similar principles that, hey, let's make sure that the on-ramp from fiat is very smooth, very seamless, clearly an existing problem. Let's leverage DeFi in particular to make sure that consumers have access to greater gains, greater yield, et cetera. It's interesting. I think I've interviewed two companies like this for this season alone. (laughs) So uh, I'm curious, What is your guys' approach to Winning the
1: industry or what is your competitive advantage? Yep. So we started this company with a couple of things built into our DNA. One of those is native mobile apps. I really am a big believer. And I think we've seen it play out in the industry that fintech really needs to be in your pocket. It needs to be accessible all the time. You need a really good user experience. It needs to be easy to understand. I think one of the best ways to do that is giving yourself it's almost like a limiting factor, right? They say that creativity thrives with constraints. If you just have a mobile screen, you have to get to the point quickly. You have to make it really easy to understand and interact with. So the fact that we built this all native mobile first, it means that our user experience has to be really on point. The designs have to be very good, has to be easy to understand, easy to use, cheap. So we're focusing on meeting people where they are, which is just not really how the crypto industry evolved. A lot of these things, when I mean, you look at some of the white papers, some of the math that is the base of current modern cryptography started in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, Bit- Bitcoin started solving problems that were not exactly user experience problems. You know, D- DeFi somewhere exploded, I think, because people started to focus more on user experience. We finally had this Chrome extension, Metamask. You can use it in these beautiful websites to start earning money and stuff but it's still not quite good enough to reach everybody. Beautiful with pancake bunnies and <laughs> yeah. fun. There's a, brand to, <laughs> there's a specific brand to DeFi. So I think at the core of our DNA is good user experience. And we've made a couple of pretty specific decisions that, that will play to that. In addition to those things, we've focused really hard on innovating on the technology. So the things that we've built to support private key tech the tech we built to support one tap staking and also, you know, the, the, the banking rails, the fiat kind of is what it is. It's highly regulated. So you just you have to you have to put a coat of paint on that and do your best. But the tech that we built allows us to give good user experiences. And we started with good user experiences. That's awesome, guys. I love it. I think we're just out of time here. So,
0: right as we wrap up, you guys have recently raised a round. Are you guys hiring? Is there anything you'd like to
1: plug on the pod? Please feel free. Yeah, for sure. Always, always looking for for good good talent. So, backend engineers, blockchain. We're we're doing EVM chains. So, if you're a Solidity engineer, let us know. Designers, marketing, copywriters. There's there's a couple things that we're starting to really spin up. So, always hiring for those key core components for you know, marketing and product and engineering. The other thing that I'll probably plug is, so we've just barely wrapped up our private beta program, which was an invite only. You get to get early access to the app. We're just now starting to kick off our public beta program, which is there's going to be a little bit of a wait list, but we're starting to bring everybody off that wait list as fast as we can. So download the app, give it a try. Would love to hear your feedback. Send us a review. We have a full-time customer support person who you can chat with in the app. Oh yeah. Which is another thing we didn't (laughs) know. So (laughs) we 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 started with human beings
2: at Giddy. So we started with with user experience and we noticed that nowhere in DeFi at, at a year ago, nowhere could you find customer service. Period. It was you are on your own. And we feel very differently about that. The DAP that we released in April of this year to stream our token, it is a DeFi the hard way DAP, if you will, but it does have customer service, and we we're happy to help people onboard on that. Mm-hmm. And then now in our native mobile apps, which by the way we are iOS and Android, just to make that very clear, despite all of us being iOS developers here, because Flutter is cross-platform, that's what we're using. But it, there is a live chat feature, and we will all we will you know we continue we continue to support. And we just think customer service is he, customer experience is hugely ex- important. Yep, Giddy.co. just get the app because it's 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 coming.
0: Awesome. Giddy.co, go download their app. I know I'm going to. And I think that's all the time we have for this episode. Eric and Ethan, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Your insights were truly phenomenal. You guys were phenomenal. I'm really excited to talk to you next on the second episode here. So for our listeners, stay tuned for the second episode where we talk about strategies, tactics, and hacks that Eric and Ethan have used to build Giddy. All right. Thanks everyone. That's the end of the episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. All right. And that wraps up today's episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. Now, just before I let you go, I wanted to reiterate one thing. We're trying to build the best podcast out there for aspiring entrepreneurs. And to do that, we need your help. The best way you can help us is by joining our Discord community. The link is in the description below. And then leaving us feedback. Tell us how we did. Tell us how we can improve. We're eagerly waiting to hear from you. Other than that, show us some love and follow us on Twitter at The Breakouts Pod. And I think that's everything I have for you. We'll see you next time on The Breakouts.